Welcome to the Rest, Eat, Move podcast by On Target Living. Do you believe you can make a change? That's the big question today. Do you believe you can make a change? And this is how the success starts. You start with one small little step. Welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. This is Chris Johnson. And I'm, I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that's can you change? And I think the hardest part when you think about the weight loss industry, why is it such a big, huge beast with a very poor success rate? I think people lose their hope. They lose the ability. They don't believe it anymore. But do you truly believe you can change? And when I feel or when I talk to people and I get that sense, if you go deep into the weeds, do they truly believe they can lose weight and sustain it? Do they truly believe they can get off a medication or two? Do they truly believe they can get in better shape, fitness, health, whatever? But it really gets into the belief system. And do they have the hope? Because when we lose hope, that's a big deal. And That's one of the things I always try to do with my clients or when we're speaking to events and our team is that you want to create that hope and belief that they can do it. And that was the title of the tagline of my book. You have the power to feel your best. You have the power. So I want to begin with this. You can change. Developing new lifestyle habits is challenging for everyone. It's hard for everyone. But change is a true true constant in life. But how do we convince ourselves to make a change? This is a challenge we all face in different areas of our life. And as I mentioned, the diet industry is a $60 billion a year industry with a 90 plus percent failure rate. So people are investing their precious resources of time and money, but something's missing. So I'm going to try to talk about this. And again, this is not a a blueprint, exactly. Again, we have to play with this a little bit, but it really is a good out, outline to help you with change. And there's five steps to sustainable change. And one of the things when I look at changing behavior, it's really hard, especially when it gets into health and feeling your best and, and fitness. But it begins with self-awareness. We all have blind spots. I always talk about you know, what do you know, what do you not know? What do you know you don't know? I mean, it goes on and on, right? But we all have blind spots. And here's a couple I want to ask you about. And this is sometimes wakes me up because when people ask me some of these questions, I'm not quite sure. So how do I make a change if I'm not even aware? So how many breaths do you take in a typical minute? Most people have no idea. What is your resting heart rate? Resting heart rate's a great indicator of stress levels, overall fitness level, efficiency of the heart and lungs. What is your resting blood pressure? How many ounces of water do you drink on an average day? I actually do that sometimes. I actually look at how many ounces do I actually drink, and I'm sometimes shocked that I always overestimate how many ounces of water I drink per day. So if I was thinking I'm drinking 80 ounces a day, but I'm really drinking 50 or 40 Again, it creates that awareness that, hey, maybe I need to change a couple of of these things. How much time do you spend moving your body in a typical day? Again, everybody's got the the wearables now and the Fitbit and the list goes on. But what does that look like? 
How, how much are you really truly moving? Do you consume omega-3 or omega-6 fats on a daily basis? 90% plus are deficient in our country, in the United States, probably around the world, in omega-3 fats. How many hours of sleep do you get per night? I truly believe people overestimate that too, including myself. And how many hours of screen time do we spend in a typical day? So again, these are some awareness things, but lack of awareness is a killer when we're trying to make a change. If we're not aware, it's impossible to make a change. And we do have these blind spots in our life, and changing any behavior begins with self-awareness. Self-awareness is the ability to step outside of ourselves and make a calculated conscious decision. Once you begin to look around, what do you see? What do you feel? What must change? So on a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being the greatest, how ready are you to make a change? What's held you back in the past? What blind spots are now coming into view? So one of the things when I'm always trying to make a change in some area of my life that I'm struggling with, it begins with that self-awareness and assessment. Be honest with myself. What, what things are coming into view that I need to do a better job of? Step two is, what do you want? So imagine if you got a clear picture in your mind of what you truly want. Imagine a healthier and fitter you. What does that look like? What does that feel like? Would you like to improve your blood pressure or balance your cholesterol profile? In- increase your flexibility or balance? I took my grandson Brady uh, swimming yesterday, and I started thinking about some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to with our five grandkids, snow skiing, playing, the list goes on. But a big part of my driver, my why, is, is playing with my grandkids. How about walking in the Grand Canyon or running your, or walking your first 5K? Getting stronger, get off one of your medications like an acid blocker or gout medications. Decrease your back pain. Is your energy and stamina where you'd like it to be? How about your sleep? Your body weight? Would you like to balance your hormones? Maybe your health is starting to fade and your blood work needs to be improved. Whatever it is, think about what do you want and get laser beam specific. Creating a clear picture in your mind of what you want is extremely powerful. Are you willing to contemplate your future now? What are your top three things you want? Get very specific. So step back for a second. And what are the three things that you really would like to improve? And take that down. So for example, let's use, I want to lose some weight. Okay. Let's get really specific here. What do you currently weigh? What's realistic? So for example, I had a guy I was working with the other day and he was 230 pounds we got into this question about weight loss. And he said he wanted to weigh 180 pounds, so he'd like to lose 50 pounds. Okay, that's specific. But then we really started thinking about it a little bit more. Let's get focused on a weight that you can sustain 24-7 within about a 5 to 10-pound range. I said, what would that be? He said, I'd like to be between 190 and 200 pounds. Okay, so now we're talking. So now we're getting really specific. I want to be between 190 and 200 pounds and be able to... Re- Sustain that 24-7. That's what we're talking about, getting really, really specific. And then we put a timeline to it. When do you want that? And so we, we started thinking about, again, we looked at a four- to five-month time frame, but then we got even more specific. By this date, 
we want to have you between you know 190 and 200 pounds. And he felt so empowered leaving his session with me. He just felt like, okay, I got a plan, I got a roadmap. We develop a process along the way, but he had a clear picture in his mind of what he really wanted and the timelines that went with that. Step number three is your why. And again, we talk a lot about that at Ontario Living. Matt talks about it. Tab talks about it. Kristen talks about it. I talk about it. But the longer I've been in this space of health and fitness, the more I realize the power of finding your why. Now, the why can be small, could be tiny, or, or the why could be very, very large. And I think... Our whys are constantly changing, but that's the jet fuel. That's the purpose. So think about that. What is your why? Again, it could be small. I had a class reunion last fall. I think people were getting ready for that. That could be a that could be a why. But even deeper than that, as I just mentioned, you know, getting engaged with my grandkids. I had amazing grandparents growing up. I spent a lot of my summers up in northern Michigan, but I want to be the grandparents that I had for my kids' kids. So again, a big part of my why is that I want to have that vibrant health and that vitality so I can do some of that stuff. But that's a driver. That could be long-term. You could have short-term. But we need that driver, that jet fuel, to keep us going. So again, number three is your, your powerful why. And when you think about the why, step back for a second. And what would be a small why for you? I always tell the cat food story. Years ago, I'm speaking in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and these two women come up to me after one of our events, and they said, hey, we've heard you speak multiple times. We'd like to share with you our why. I said, let me hear it. Well, the two of us got in a weight loss contest. We both lost over 30-some pounds, and here comes their why. The loser had to eat a can of cat food. Everybody thought that was funny. They were laughing. They engaged on it. But again, I don't know about you, but I would not want to lose that bet of eating that cat food. So again, that could be a very powerful small why. And then we did a we did an Ontario Living Challenge years ago, and we asked everybody that was participating to write down their why. And one of the one woman in Seattle wrote down that she wanted to stay healthy and vibrant so she could take care of her disabled son. So that was unanimously picked out as a, a powerful why that because her, her, her disabled son, was, she was his love, and she needed to take, take care of herself so she could take care of him. So again, that's a powerful why along the way. So anytime we feel like we get stuck, we're in the mud, the why always takes us through the mud. And then number four is we have to understand about how do you build a habit. And that habit starts with a very intentional one step. So again, that's the blueprint right here because most people try to go too fast. They want results now. I want to lose 30 pounds, so I'm going to eat only vegetables, work out, meditate. That's not going to work. So building sustainable habits takes focus, energy, and time. That's the big one. Everybody wants to go like, okay, no, it takes some time. But the goal is to build habits you can sustain so you don't think about it anymore. So if I ask everybody listening to this right now, or maybe some of you are watching this, but how many of you put your right shoe on first? Most people have no clue, but you look down, and you see you have two shoes. Most of what we do every day is habitual. We don't even think about it. 80, 90%, we just do brush our teeth, take a shower. Do you wash your left arm first, right arm first? Again, these are habitual. That's the key. So the key is how do you build these habits so we can repeat over and over and over? And understanding the mind a little bit. Let's dive into that for a second. We have this thing called the conscious mind. 
The conscious mind is where the habits begin. So you have to think about this. It's like working with a piece of clay. It's soft, it's pliable. And again, it takes on infinite shapes. But we have to pay attention to this. This is, again, how we tied our shoes when we were growing up, riding a bike, learning how to drive a car. These were really intentional at the very beginning. And now we don't even think twice about it. Brushing our teeth, taking a shower, as I just mentioned. But the key is everything begins in the conscious mind. And the conscious mind takes effort. That's why it's hard to do multiple things. So again, if you're trying to multitask, do lots of new things, the really is understanding let's get really focused on one thing. For example, I'm going to get really focused on drinking water. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to set up my environment. I'm going to focus on that's all I'm focusing on is my water. And I've had clients come in before and I said, okay, here's the deal. Walking out today, I want you to work on your breathing one minute through the nose, using your diaphragm, and four seconds inhalation, six seconds exhalation. Number two, I want you to drink 50 ounces of water a day. Spread it out. And number three, I want you to do the dynamic warm-up for two and a half to three minutes. And this is, I cannot, people say to me, walking out the door, you mean that's all that I need to do? Yes, because if you can get that down, that the breathing, that water, that little movement, now you're developing these habits over time, and now you have them. And so really that's the big deal is understanding the conscious mind takes a lot of energy and effort. From here, we go into the subconscious mind, and this is where the habits live. So imagine this is like a, this is like a, a treasure chest with a lock on it. Again, the habits enter the subconscious mind. They're pretty much there to stay. And most of our habits live in the subconscious mind. But it takes time at the very beginning to put them slowly in. Again, back to the time. It takes time to put them into the subconscious mind. And again, it's an easy thing. We don't have to spend as much energy, thank goodness, or we'd all be exhausted by, by noon. So again, now we go from the conscious mind, lots of effort, lots of energy, into the subconscious mind. And now they're in there. That's the, that's the lock. We can access them very quickly and easily. It doesn't take a lot of energy. And the last thing I want to mention here is the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is a limitless reservoir of knowledge, creativity, and experiences make up the largest part of the mind. So when was the last time you went for a long walk or you're taking a shower and some crazy, amazing, um, beautiful things come into your mind. We've all done this before. What was it? What was the state of the mind that we had this amazing thoughts and creativity? Because we have to create, imagine if we could do that more often. So the unconscious mind is the galaxy of possibilities. But we have to have some stillness to tap into the unconscious mind. And so stillness is a gift. And I love the word stillness. When I'm up north in northern Michigan taking my dog Floyd for a walk, the incredible stillness, and it's interesting what goes through my mind. And it's stuff that races in and out, but again, that's that unconscious mind, but we have to have the stillness to tap into that. So building a habit is a big deal. And years ago, I'm speaking at a dental, uh, the, the Dental Association 
And prior to that, I'm going to my dental hygienist. And I loved my dental hygienist. And she would come in and we'd talk about this and that. She said, hey, I hear you're speaking at this, the dental association. What are you going to talk about? I said, well, give me some inside scoop. She said, well, you could talk about flossing. And she looks at me and I look at her and we start to laugh because I'm not consistent with my flossing. She said, no, seriously, imagine you building a habit of flossing. You got about three or four months before the presentation and you share that with the audience. They would love it. They would go crazy because the dentists and dental hygienists know that most people don't floss. So I thought, okay, what do I need to do? She said, why don't you start flossing twice a week? I said, is that enough? She said, you don't floss. It's a great start. So I started flossing on a consistent basis. I still floss on a regular basis today. I'm sharing this story with this large audience. And this man in the front row, he's a dentist, stops me about halfway through the beginning of my presentation. I'm telling the story about the flossing. And he said, flossing twice a week is not enough. You need to floss every day. The energy in the room was just electric. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy throws this curveball at me. In the whole audience, you could see the energy just, just completely disappear. So I thought to myself for a minute, I have a long pause, and I reached back to him, and I said, hey, let me ask you a question. How often are you exercising? And he said, I'm not. I said, what if you went for a walk a couple times a week? You think that'd be a good start? So I get an email from him about six weeks later, and he goes, I got to tell you, you've inspired me to start moving my body. I hired a trainer that I meet with every other week. I'm doing some strength training. I'm walking my wife on an occasional basis. I'm eating that oatmeal you talked about. Again, it's building that habit one step at a time. And again, that's the challenge everybody's facing is like, how do I make changes stick? So here's a couple of questions for you. What is one new habit you'd like to build starting today? Think about that. What's one new habit? Is it drinking enough water? Is it moving your body on a regular basis? Is it maybe getting 30 more minutes of sleep? Getting a massage a couple times a week? Maybe that stillness. You're trying to create more white space or stillness in your world. And what is one new habit you'd like to build in the future? So again, think about those habits. What do you want? What do you want? What's kind of holding you back? What's one or two things you want to start with? And then from there, the last one is step number five, which is feedback. We have to have, that's the breakfast of champions. We have to have that. We all need regular feedback to measure our new behaviors and habits to see if they're working. But we have to have the courage to measure. That's interesting. Sometimes I am not so good over the holidays. I do not want to get on that scale. I already know it's not good, but we have to have that courage to measure. I find many men don't like to get their blood tests because they're afraid of what that's going to show. But we have to have that courage to measure. The body's always talking, and we must learn how to listen. So here's a few questions about this when you talk about feedback. Do you monitor your body weight on a regular basis? So how does it happen that somebody can gain 50 pounds to 100 pounds very quickly? Do you get your blood pressure checked monthly? It's so easy to buy a blood pressure heart rate monitor for your home that costs $35 or less. I highly recommend that to everybody. Again, it's a tool we use at our headquarters. I slap it on the, the arm of my clients. They love to get that feedback. We work on the breathing. The breathing shows them that they can have the, the skill to lower their heart rate and blood pressure. Do you get your blood checked 
on an annual basis. I just had my blood checked. Again, it's not always easy to do, but do you get it checked on an annual basis? I mentioned this earlier. How many breaths do you take per minute? Sometime today, lay on your back and see how many breaths, full inhalation, full exhalation. What's your resting heart rate? That's a great indication of your stress, your fitness level, your overall health. I love to see that number under 60. So again, changing how you breathe can influence your resting heart rate. How many hours of sleep do you get per night? Is it six? Is it seven? What is it? And can you stand your back against the wall? I love talking about posture sometime, but try this. Put your heels against the wall. Take your rear end. Put your rear end against the wall. Touch your shoulders. Touch your head. Can you do that without tilting your head? And then from there, can you raise both arms overhead with your arms being straight and touch the wall? That's an assessment of your posture. These are easy ways to create some assessment over time. So how do you plan to monitor your success going forward? Think about that. Is it the scale? Is it a belt? Is it a blood test? Is it your breathing? Is it the resting heart rate? There's so many different tools. And remember, on our website, we have under the resource tab, it's called Know Your Numbers. It's your homocysteine, it's your cholesterol, it's testosterone, GFR. But at the bottom, we have resting heart rate, blood pressure, and breast per minute. So again, it has nothing to do with blood tests, but these are ways to keep ways to monitor along the way, but we all have ways to have to have ways to measure the feedback along the way. And as I wrap this up, as we begin our journey of change, we can expect to counter a few roadblocks, bumps along the way. In stage one, I love talking about this at the very beginning. This is a honeymoon stage. Everything's great. I've lost a couple pounds. My energy level's great. Things are work. Birds are chirping. Sun is shining. I am on fire. But then all of a sudden, here comes stage two. It's getting a little harder. The honeymoon is over. Things are not as easy as they were. Things are getting a little bit more challenging. Our energy and excitement uh, starts to go slowly go sideways. The shiny penny may have lost some of its luster. So again, it's a really time where we now become, okay, this is getting hard. And then in stage three, this is called the valley of despair stage. This is where the slope gets really slippery. And I want you to pay attention to this for just a second. This is when people, many people feel like they get stuck. It's like the Chinese bamboo tree. Nothing's growing out of the ground, but things are working underneath, but you don't see the results. But we have to kind of hang in there for a little bit because it's during stage three that we lose hope. And we never want to lose hope. I want you to think about that over time. And like if you stay married to the process, you follow the process, you will get stuck in the mud. The rain clouds will move in. The storms will come after us, but we have to understand the valley of despair is when most people give up, and it's the hardest part. But here comes stage four. Habits start to begin. They start taking hold, become more intentional. You're not getting it so hard anymore. I'm doing the water. I'm moving my body a little bit. I'm working my breath. And then stage five is the ritual stage. Now your habits are turning into things that you don't even think about anymore. You look down, you see two shoes on the feet. It's not that hard to do. And as you continue, you have to come back over and over and over like, okay, how do I make a change? Because the beginning always starts with is building this confidence. So I'm going to end with this. Do you believe you can make a change? That's the big question today. Do you believe you can make a change? And this is how the success starts. You start with one small little step. 
And that starts to build confidence. I can't say this enough. If you build that one small step, you build that confidence, and then you start to believe, and then hope comes in, and then you start seeing the light, slowly things start to change, and again, success begins to take hold. So again, if you feel like you get stuck, come back to this again, five steps of behavior change, but the big one is this, do you believe you can make a change? And the answer is absolutely yes, you can make a change. We'll see you next time.